In this week's episode of Barrels and Barrels, the Bourbon and Baseball podcast, we're talking about Max Scherzer's injury and the implications it could have for the Texas Rangers. Mike Trout on the trading block, a big injury to a Major League Baseball prospect, one of the best in the game. What could it mean for that team? And a bourbon review of Remus Repeal Reserve, patch seven. We've got that and more coming up in Barrels and Barrels, the Bourbon and Baseball podcast, episode 42. Stay tuned. This is Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast with your hosts, Brandon Spinner and Michael Burns. And welcome in. This is Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. I'm Brandon. That's Michael. We talk bourbon. We talk baseball. High proof, high heat. It's been a Mm. couple Mm. of days since Michael and I got to see each other. Mikey, how you doing over the last couple of days? I'm still clearing my throat every 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 few minutes, but <laughs> doing pretty good. Uh, the Cubs won as soon as I left town, so and then they've lost two in a row. So we'll get to that. Uh, how's the weather down there? It's nice. It's low 80s. I uh, got to go enjoy a walk without you know getting all wet and everything. Uh, yeah, you the, have the like pop- a 10 degree temperature threshold, don't you? Yes, it's about mid 60s, <laughs> and then it goes up about 10 15 degrees in the morning. That's it. But the popsicles don't melt as fast now. That's nice. Oh, that's good. I was saying your tolerance of the temperature is like a 10-degree threshold. Like 68 is cold for you. Oh, absolutely. But like 85 is too hot. So there's like there's just oh, like a I'll, threshold. I'll, I'll, take that. I'll take that 80s, <laughs> lower 90s any day. Lower 90s. Uh, well, that is not where our proof is on the whiskey we're talking about this week, and we'll jump into that here in just a second. We are here in episode 42 of Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. Uh, we usually talk about who is the best number of the episode that we are on, so this would be episode 42. That would mean Jersey 42, and I think it's a no-brainer. Michael Burns, did you do any research on this topic? Da, 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 da. It's it Jackie. Is Mariano Rivera. Oh. It's Jackie, baby. It's Jackie. It's Jackie. It's to- totally Tim Anderson. I mean, he is the best number 42. That's what I said. Oh. He said Jackie, right? It's, it's Jackie. Jackie. Yeah, so the number's Anderson. retired. They do a Jackie Robinson every day. It has to be Jackie. Yeah. It's going to be Jackie Robinson. I will say Mariano Rivera, I think, is going to get an honorable mention just because not only was he the last player to ever wear it, he was the player who wore it the most. 19 seasons and his war was actually really close to Jackie Robinson's and he did that as a closer full-time 53 or 56.3 war as a closer in 19 seasons Jackie Robinson was 10 and 63.8 of course Jackie Robinson uh, he's got to be number 42 because he broke the color barrier he was an MVP he was a rookie of the year he was in the MVP voting Every year except two out of his 10 years in the big league. That is incredible. Uh, And he only played 10 years. He had 141 home runs. He stole 200 bases. His career line, 313, 410, 477. If you do the quick math, it's an 887 OPS. His OPS plus in his career was a 133, meaning he was 33% better than the average player in the league. Dude was a stud. And I wish we would have had a little bit more time with him. Uh, of course, he didn't make his MLB debut until he was 28. Retired in after his 1956 season at the age of 37 with the Brooklyn Dodgers all 10 years. But uh, wow, what a career and a legacy. 
Uh, I kind of wish we were doing this on April 15th in 2024, just so we could give him his proper due, because that is Jackie Robinson Day every year. But yeah, number 42, no-brainer. Right. I think another... Um, Jackie uh, Robinson. (laughs) Another fun name that sparks my childhood a little bit is Mo Vaughn. He uh, wore it for 12 (laughs) years. And just the name, the guy, he was just a character in my mind. That's how I remember him. Um, Mm -hmm. a, A fun player. Who do you remember him on the most? I think I'd probably think of the Angels, just because that was more of my developmental baseball years, 99 and 2000. But uh, I think a lot of people remember him with the Red Sox. That's where I think he spent a majority of his career. Yes. Yeah, he spent 91 through 98 with them, the Angels in 99 and 2000, and then the Mets for his final two years of wearing. Yeah. Number 42. Number 42. And then I think they retired at that point, and he had to change his number. Didn't yeah, I feel, I feel like he played longer. Yes, I, I do too. It says it's only 12 years with the number. Oh, it looks like he only played 12 seasons, uh, all in the number 42. Did mm-hmm. not play in 20, uh, 2001 because of a major injury. Uh, another name on that list is Bruce Suter, Cub and Cardinal, as well as Atlanta Brave. But uh, yeah, no doubter, Jackie Robinson. This is the Jackie Robinson episode. Here we go. Which is kind of fitting because we've got another legend to talk about in this podcast a little bit later on. So welcome into episode 42. If you're new to us, don't forget to hit the subscribe button below. Uh, As of last check this morning, we were at 749 subscribers. So don't forget to join our team. Hit that like, hit that comment. Also, let us know what you think about this podcast and hit the subscribe button. And don't forget to hit that bell icon. That'll let you know when our latest podcasts are put out. We're growing. We're continuing to grow. And we've got some exclusive YouTube content week in and week out. Our Thieves of the Week and our Top 10 Power Rankings along with some baseball shorts. Also, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, we have a second YouTube channel strictly for bourbon. Check that out. At BNB Bourbon, that's where you can find all our bourbon reviews, all our bourbon hunts, everything solely bourbon. Maybe some funny TikTok-style shorts. So go check us out there. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all with the same username, at Barrels, the letter N, Barrels Pod. So Barrels and Barrels Pod on X, formerly known as Twitter. It is just Barrels and Barrels, and that's our email address, barrelsandbarrels at gmail.com. Don't forget, you can probably listen to us on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google, and Amazon Podcasts. Don't forget to hit the rating button. We're at 20 out of 20 at last check. Five-star reviews on Apple. 14 out of 14 five-star reviews on Spotify, or those are five-star ratings. We'd love to hear a review. Write down what you think about our podcast. We'd love to hear it. If you like it, if you don't like it, or you'd like to see more of. And don't forget, you can do that in YouTube as well. If you like our t-shirts that you've seen possibly in previous videos, I've got the same type of t-shirt, just my own logo, but Barrels and Barrels t-shirts available at charliemikeneverweekend.com from our friends Charlie Mike Never Weekend. $25 out the door, and we've got glassware. We're both sporting a different glass tonight. I've got our Whiskey Wisdom glass. And Michael, what you got? I've got our Kuwitz glass going on. Um, it's got the nice little thumbprint for you to give it a little swirl without touching the glass. Mm-hmm. That nice, elegant that lip. That's right. But, and uh, it holds a lot, too. If you want to go for a big pour, it's probably like a five-ouncer, I bet. Absolutely. This is this <laughs> is this holds the sample bottle right here. It's, what, two and a half ounces right here? 
Yeah, that's about two ounces. So I would say it's probably about a five ouncer if you fill it to the brim. So we've also got Glen Cairns and hats. Neither of us are wearing them, but uh, mine's already packed because I'm going on a trip starting tomorrow, the day that this podcast drops. Oh, boy. This podcast, the the whiskey section at least, is brought to us by Whiskey Towers. Use promo code WHISKEYWEATHER, all capitals, WHISKEYWEATHER at WHISKEYTOWERS.COM. Michael Burns likes to call it a beer tap for your whiskey. Everyday players, baby. There's nothing nothing better than to put your everyday players in that to just easy access. Easy access. Just the way we like it, right? Just the <laughs> easy too, access. As if it best. wasn't easier and more tempting <laughs> to ever drink bourbon every day. Yeah, all you got to do is pull the lever and put a glass underneath. Sometimes you don't even have to do that. You just put, put I it was mouth, but... thinking the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so use promo code, all capitals, WhiskeyWeather at WhiskeyTowers.com. So without further ado this week... Without further ado, this week's whiskey of the week is Remus Repeal Reserve 7. This is a yearly put-out whiskey by the folks over at Ross and Squibb Distillery. That's out of Lawrenceburg, Indiana. That may sound familiar because it's MJP. MGP Juice, <laughs> so uh, that's actually... The, they've got a couple of different like branch companies out of it, but Ross and Squibb Distillery out of Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Uh, this Remus Repeal Reserve is the seventh annual. Um, this comes in uh, a limited t- a time bourbon, seventh annual offering from those uh, those guys over there. It launched this month. It just came out this month of September in honor of National Bourbon Heritage Month. So this is comprised of five different whiskeys, and I'm going to read, read them off to you. Six percent of it comes from a whiskey from 2007. At 21% rye, so if you do the math on that one, that is 16 years old on that whiskey. 26%, so about a quarter of it, from a 2013-year-old bourbon. So that's a 10-year-old bourbon at 21% rye. 21% comes at 2014 bourbon, 21% rye. And then the last two bourbons are all the high rye from MGP. That's going to be 60, 36, 4 for the mash bill. 26% 26% of 2013 bourbon and 21% of 2014 bourbon. So that is a 10 and a 9 year. I did the math. It averages out to about 9.94 years old, uh, ranging from those 9 to 16 year old bourbons. And I did the math on the mash bill here. Um, that comes out to be 68, 28, 4. So it's a little higher in the rye capacity, uh, not as high as a 36% rye bourbon from MGP, but 28% up there. Annually, this drops for about ninety nine ninety nine. I believe two years ago, the five was at $85 or something along those lines. Last year's six, which I also have, and we also reviewed, which check that out. We just popped a link right there on YouTube for you, and it is in the bio below if you want to check that out as well. Uh, we both rated the six. Do you remember what we related, rated the six at? No, I can't. I want to say an everyday player. We both went everyday player on the six. So will it live up to the six, or will it be better? From what I hear, the reviews are the five is still the best of all That's time. That's what I was going to say. I, I I got a sample of, I got a spitful amount of the five <laughs> from my neighbor. And it was, that's what really got me on to this Remus Repeal Reserve. Yeah. So number five, from what I heard, is the best. That's also the one that has the oldest age statement on it. Last year's, the six, was actually the youngest age statement out of the six. And now that still remains the case because this seven is the second youngest, again, if you average out the age, is like 9.94 years old, so almost 10 years old when it comes to the whiskey uh, as a conglomerate, but uh, it has to be labeled as 9 years old because that is the youngest right. juice in 
the bottle or in the barrel that they blended. So this does come out and it also pays homage to the uh, repeal act of the 21st amendment, December 5th, 1933. That is where it gets the repeal reserve. As you know, or if you don't know, George Remus was a big bootlegger here in Cincinnati, actually. Really? Uh, he, yeah. He killed his wife in uh, a place right yeah, by he, my work. Actually. Yeah. He killed his uh, wife. Yeah, he's a real good dude. Uh, let's name a whiskey after him. So Remus repeal reserve, Number seven, we've already poured it. Um, again, 100 proof. It's not a bottled and bond because, I mean, I guess it meets all the criteria. It was distilled and aged in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee, but it was not all in the same season. So that mm. is why it's not a bottled and bond because mm, okay. it has to be aged and distilled all by the same distiller in the same season. So this is a blend of five different years, so it cannot be a bottled and bond despite the 100 proof on the bottle. So 50% ABV. What do you think? Have you given it a nose? Have you yeah. given it anything yet? Yeah. The, what do you think? The nose is a, a I, I want to say classic bourbon nose because it has a little bit of a good sweetness, vanilla, oak, but it's, it's a good combo of those three right there, right away on the nose. It's strong and it smells good. It smells good. It's it's definitely a classic bourbon nose to me. Um, with that vanilla, I've got some cinnamon, creme brulee, and oak. Um, I f I'd say it's a pungent nose. I do feel like it hits you right away once you get the first whiff of it. Right. There's a lot of... I get some ethanol too. Like, there's definitely... You can get the, the liquor and component of this in my mind. Ooh, you said liquor, and I smelled some sweet licorice, some red licorice, licorice. Twizzlers in there. I can get that. I can I'm get definitely that. some cherry or like yeah, a cherry that, Twizzler. Cherry Twizzlers, baby, right there. Love, love those as a kid. You like the yeah, pull and peel better, or do you like the regular? Pull and peel were more fun, and I think they tasted better than the regular. They were softer in your teeth. They didn't yeah, probably, uh, but most of the the regular weren't cherry though. That's the different. That's the difference. Oh, cherry versus strawberry. I'd I'd go cherry all day over strawberry. <laughs> Wait, are we talking about the bourbon or, or the Twizzlers here? Hold on. Well, either either <laughs> or. I, I yeah. like the Twizzler bites though. The cherry Twizzler bites. Those were my favorite of the bunch. And that's what I'm going to say is on the nose here. So cherry Twizzler bite, creme brulee, vanilla, and oak. Have you given that a little Kentucky chew? I guess it would be an Indiana chew um, on this one. So again. 9 to 16 years old comes out as an average age of 9.94. 36% uh, rye and 21% rye blends. Again, the mash bill, 68.28.4. Mikey, what you got? Uh, it's not as pungent in the mouth as on the nose. When I say that, the finish is just keep keeps rolling with Twizzlers here. Um, it has that, that classic bourbon taste a little bit. Um, it does roller coaster a little bit. Not too much spice. I do get some oak in the middle there. Some it's on the sweeter side of things, um, but it's still lingering for me here as a as like Twizzlers in my mouth. We're stuck on the Twizzlers here. See, I'm totally opposite. I do not find this sweet. I do not find this really. Like, I don't get fruit out of it. I What'd got a lot of pepper, a lot of pepper, a lot of rye. Like it's really rye to me. Really, like. <laughs> did you did you pour the right sample? No, just kidding. Oh, no, that's, that's like, <laughs> oh yeah, okay. Nope this this was a 
Tenth Mountain right here, Rye. <laughs> <laughs> well, then it definitely wouldn't be harsh because that's eighty-six proof. But this is one hundred proof. I've got pepper. Um, really, that's the only thing I can pull out of it. There's some ethanol to it. Uh, a lot of heat uh, to me, mm. comparative to an one hundred proof to me. Uh, I don't get a whole lot of sweetness. Maybe a little bit of bitter bitterness. Like you ever had a a walnut and you catch a little bit of the inside where it's not the actual part of the walnut itself. It's like the shell and it's very bitter and dry. It's like, I can see where you, it's more of a earthy taste you're getting more. Yeah. A little earth, a little bit of bitterness and dry. Like I'm really like, really like all, yeah. Parched almost. Uh, I find it kind of harsh in my mind. To <laughs> be honest. You need to take a COVID test. <laughs> Maybe. But let me pull from the six and see what I think, because I I enjoyed the six. We both everyday playered it. Yeah, no, I get I get a sweetness side of things here. I get I maybe get a little bit of rye spice, but I'm on the sweet side. This is hitting like a hundred proofish, no lower. I mean, this it's hitting the notes for me. So you enjoy it? Yes, I'm I'm I enjoy it. It's it's smooth. I feel I don't. I think it could be a little hotter. So it doesn't get so syrupy, but it, it finishes in the mouth well. It, it lingers for me. The sweetness is still there while I'm talking here. Um, so going from six to seven, I get a little bit of like an orange peel out of the seven. Still a little harsh, though, and peppery to me. Um, maybe my palate's off, but everything else has seemed fine. Uh, I took a bigger I, gulp, and when, I, when it hits the roof of my mouth, I get that pepper more. That, that you're talking about um but it's nothing it's not too overpowering or anything i still get I, I get the cherry in the beginning vanilla sneaks in oak and this rye spice comes in and then finishes out in cherries again i'm gonna have to revisit this i think in a couple of weeks but right now i i get a lot of pepper i get a lot of harshness it's very warm like it, it's not harsh in the fact that i think it's hot like a hundred percent, hundred proof is, I think, right on the money. I just, it's very peppery to me, and hmm. I usually don't get that. I didn't even get that out of the six. Uh, again, twenty eight percent rye is higher rye, obviously. Right. Uh, a lot of the stuff we've had as of late is twelve to eighteen. So, this is of a higher rye component. It's a long finish, that's for sure. I still feel it. It's been about 30 to 45 seconds. I haven't, and I still feel the tingling. So I like the finish aspect of it. I just don't get any sweetness out of this, like none at all. No, like, it's get, all yeah. like woody and woodsy to me. Hmm, I, I mean, I can I can hit the brown sugars. You said you said heat, and usually it's thought of like a campfire. I think this would be great in the cold a little bit, right? Surrounded by a fire, watching some playoff baseball here coming up in the next month. This would be a good one to sit around the campfire and do that right here. So on our podcast rating scale, which rolls a barrels and barrels of bourbon and baseball podcast rating scale, it's a baseball-themed rating scale. Top at the top is Hall of Fame. Second goes All-Star. Hall of Fame is the best it can get. All-Star is just behind that. That's just what you think as a baseball player. Perennial All-Star usually becomes a Hall of Famer. Everyday player is everybody that you look for to be in your lineup every day. Think of a player like Ian Happ or maybe... Um, uh, a Nick Castellanos along those lines where you can consistently expect the same thing day in and day out. Uh, and then you're looking at a bench player. A bench player is someone who comes in and uh, mixes things up here or there. 
uh, maybe not a bad player, just not enough that you want him in your lineup every day. But when he comes in off the bench, you can totally trust him in that regard. And then behind that, we're going with the DFA, which means get off my team. Hasta la bye-bye. Sayonara. See you later. So Michael Burns. We do not recommend it. Correct. Where do you have Remus Repeal Reserve the seventh? Uh, I've definitely got this guy an everyday player. Um, I think this is a crushable, sweet, not overpowering sweet, but it's smooth. Um, It's got the oak. It's got the vanilla. It's got the dark fruit in there. It's even got in the middle there. Like I said, it starts with the fruit, vanilla, oak, comes in with the rye, and then finishes dark fruit again and just sits there in your mouth as, as you continue to talk. Um, the price point, about 99 um, for a, a, a limited release like this is. That's probably right on par, 100 bucks, mm-hmm. right? Um, so yeah, that's I about think where a, a lot of these are. Yeah, I, I'd say this is a solid, um, a solid everyday player. Everyday player for Michael Burns. Uh, I don't always do this. I don't. I don't think there's been a time where you've rated something higher than me Not before, has there? Not too. Uh, well. Maybe once or twice, a handful. But here, buddy, we're gonna have to have a talk. So I'm gonna designate this for assignment in my book. I'm not a fan. Uh, I could be dealing with some COVID issues. I don't think so. I feel great. I feel fine. Um, a little snuff sniffly, but, uh, are you, are you trying to sneak it through waivers? Maybe trying to sneak it through waivers? Maybe is a sneak through waivers kind of deal. I'm going to designate <laughs> you for assignment, but hopefully try to sneak you through waivers, keep you in the system and possibly revisit you later on. And then Mark Leiter, Mark Leiter got cut by the Cubs in January and he's been one of their best bullpen arms. So who knows? We'll have to check it out at a later date, but so far, <laughs> I think I'd rather take the six over the seven in my book. And the six was far disappointing from what I've heard from those who have had all seven. I've only had uh, five, six, and seven, and five was so long ago that I couldn't tell you which one was which. I'd have to side-by-side them. But I'm going six over the seven. I'm going to designate for assignment. That's only my second DFA. You okay, buddy? You you all right? I'm a little after 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 that talk, did it go okay? He's crying, but it's, he'll get through it. I mean, well, you know, I've only made a nine-year-old cry once before in my life. So, <laughs> well, right now, at this moment, if you're seeing Brandon, look over at your at your. Screen oh yeah, the there. Braves just clinched. Yeah, the Braves I was going to wait until we got to the baseball segment for that, Michael. So but grand. he blew his wad early. Yeah, the Braves just clinched the division. They had an. Uh, a magic number today of two, and they just beat the Phillies. Of course, you guys already know this. Uh, you also see that the Houston Astros throwing another no-hitter so far in the bottom of the sixth inning. Oh, no. That'll be I, something uh, we'll keep an eye on. Big doesn't have that up one, uh, for me somehow. There's a no-hitter yeah. going on. A big inning doesn't have it. Big inning is trash. Yeah, well, big inning was just showing it to you because uh, – you can't watch the Braves because of blackout rules. But that is uh, our review of Remus Repeal Reserve 7. Maybe I'll have to revisit this at a different date. But right now, not a huge fan. I'm going to say DFA. Uh, my palate could be all wonked up. I'm going to have to try something else here later on in the podcast and maybe tell you whether or not. Maybe we'll revisit this later on in this podcast after I try something else. Uh, but, yeah, in our not seventh a huge inning fan. stretch. In our seventh in inning, our seventh stretch, inning stretch, stretch. You can, you can yes. revisit it. So go head on over to our YouTube channel at BNB Bourbon. That is YouTube.com at BNB Bourbon for more about 
this. Remus Repeal 7 and other bourbon thoughts. We're talking bourbon hunts. We're talking bourbon reviews. We've got a lot of those up already, and you can also find us at Barrels and Barrels Pod on YouTube. It's allocation season. That's where I just got this. Uh, of course, uh, it's an allocated bourbon, $100. I got it for $109.99. Uh, and then after tax, it was like 116 That's kind of why I DFA'd it, because I don't know if I would pay that again yeah. for what I'm getting out of this. I thought the nose was much better than the palate in my mind. They didn't match up, and that's where that's where I'm really disappointed. A lot of harsh fry. I still have that bitterness in my mouth, and I haven't hmm. taken a sip in a little bit. We'll continue to sip on it here throughout the podcast. I'll trade you a cigar cut for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that, that you can do that when you come see me in like six months. But as far as our Bourbon of Baseball podcast, it is allocation season. Of course, look out for some of those bottles. Remember, just because it's allocated doesn't mean it's doesn't good. Doesn't mean it's worth buying. Doesn't mean it's worth buying. Doesn't mean it's good. Doesn't mean it's worth the hype. But look it up. Look up some reviews if you have any questions. And if we've tried it, we'll give you our honest thoughts on it as well. So not only is it allocation season, it's festival season Festival season two. Yeah, I can't even talk. I'm so dry. It is festival season. This weekend, of course, is two of the biggest festivals in the bourbon world. That is Bourbon and Beyond, the big concert, Thursday through Sunday. And also... KY Bourbon Festival, Kentucky Bourbon Fest. You can find me there. Uh, I will be there Thursday through Saturday. No, Thursday through Sunday. Ooh, I'll also be at yeah, Weekend Pass. Spirit. Yeah, uh, VIP Weekend Pass. Kind of a big deal. I'll be at uh, <laughs> Barrelcraft Spirits is opening up their blending house on Thursday as well. And I'm going to be Sweet. representing the BNB crew there. Uh, invite only thing. So look out for some videos on Instagram from there as well. So yeah, it's going to be a, a, a cool weekend. So check us out on at barrels and barrels pod on Instagram and also my Instagram handle, which I'm wearing on YouTube. That is whiskey underscore weather. Let's jump into trivia. That's how we really go from bourbon to baseball Trivia this week, Michael. Uh, I think it's going to be a good one. Who was the last player to retire that was drafted by the Expos? So let me rephrase this. Who is the last professional athlete to retire who was drafted by the Montreal Expos? Not the Washington Nationals, but he had to be drafted by the Montreal Expos. Does Tom Brady count? He was drafted... He was drafted by them and just retired recently. So if if we want to say that, I'm going with Tom Brady. And that is the correct answer. I thought I stumped you this week. I thought Let's I stumped go. you. Did you did you look this up previously? No, I just there's so much Tom Brady in the news right now with Aaron Rodgers tearing his Achilles and mm. it, they're like, oh Tom Brady. So Tom Brady, I I just knew Tom Brady was drafted and is an old geezer. So. Yeah, he was uh, drafted in the 18th round of the 1995 MLB draft. Of course, he didn't go on to play in baseball. He had a decent career in the NFL uh, and just retired uh, at the end of last year. I mean, some call him the GOAT. I just think he was just a guy who is an alien. So that's about it. (laughs) Dude is not real. He's not a real person. He's gotten better looking as he's gotten older. (laughs) That MF right back there is not real. (laughs) And speaking of not real, most people would say for like the last 12 to 15 years, Mike Trout has not been real until he's gotten hurt here the last couple of years. But a latest report earlier this week, that was the big news of the week up until today's news, which we'll get to here in just a second. Mike Trout 
potentially on the trading block. The Angels said they'll trade him if he wants to be traded. So, first off, do you think he'll ask to be traded? So let me reverse it back to you. Do the Angels come out and say this without already having had that discussion with Mike? Probably not, but you why would you they why would you say we'll trade him if he wants to be traded? Because they're they want to keep their cards tight. So the what they're doing is Mike Trout actually already went to talk to them and said, hey, we're, we're in a phase. If you guys could find me a, a trade partner, I want out. And the Angels' way of playing their cards tight and keeping his value higher is by saying, hey, you know what? We'll be open to it if Mike wants it. That's their front. That's their way of, of doing it. Otherwise, they're blindsiding Mike here. Right. And that's not a way to treat a player of his statue, a guy who at one point was being talked about as the greatest player of our generation, maybe of all time. Yeah, that's a good question. But do you think they would trade him? I asked you the question, and you reversed it back on me, so reverse no on you, bitch. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, <laughs> do I think they should? Yes. Will they? Yes. I think they messed up on Otani. Uh they have one of the worst farm systems. I think they they will and they, they should and they will. What do you think he's worth? His value is lower than it has been in years past because of his back issue. He's I think his value has, is the lowest that it's ever been. Right. But go ahead. But he still has that potential. How old is he? Is he 31? Uh, I believe he's 32. I think he okay. just turned 32 so, a couple months ago. I think at 33, you start to get more into your... Now, 32 is like the top of your prime, the absolute end of your prime now. Like the end For of your prime, few, yeah. Right. A few years ago, 32, 30 to 32 was the... And 33 was the prime. Now the game's gotten younger. And uh, Mike Trust, not like you said, I think he's at his lowest. He's still... The dude, when he's healthy, is still a a, a speed a speed threat on the bases. Great center fielder, great bat. Uh, he he's worth a, two top ten prospects still. See, I'm not giving up two top ten prospects for Trout. Like you said, he's 32, so he's on the back half. Usually, you're not right. even giving a free agent at 32 more than a four or five year contract at most. Mm -hmm. So. The question there regarding the health, yeah, he's 32. He just turned that um, just a month and a half ago, so 45 days ago. Born August 7th in 1991. So 32 years old and 40-something days, according to uh, Spotrack or Spotrack or however you want to say it. He signed a 12-year, $426.5 million deal with the Angels. That was back, I believe, in... 19 going into 19 that was the first year of the salary he's still got seven years left at an average of 35.45 million dollars a year so 35.5 million dollars a year that's what the luxury tax salary will be that's two to three players cody bellinger is not even going to be making 33 million dollars a year um i'd take cody bellinger over mike trout right now for multiple reasons left-handed bat Two to three years younger, 
healthy. Trout has consistently... And doesn't cost you any prospects. Correct. All it costs you is a free agent price. So that's why Cody's going to be higher. But let's look at the last three years. So 2020, we're going to throw out. He played 53 games out of the 60-game shortened season. But in 2021, he only played 36 games. Last year, he only played 119. And this year, so far, he's only played 82. So one game over half a season. Of course, he still was an all-star. He's been an all-star the last three years. I wouldn't agree with the 2021. He batted 333 with a 1090 OPS, but in 36 games, you're not an all-star. That's just because you're Mike Trout. Um, he wasn't an all-star that's, in 2020. That's the all-star. It's a, it's a popularity yeah. contest. And definitely. He's been an all-star every year except 2020. He started at the age of 19. His rookie year was 2012, though. Um Best player of our generation. That makes him sound old. Yeah, that makes him sound old. Debut well, he's in been in the, Yeah, 2011 was his when he actually made his debut in July, but his rookie year was 2012. 13 years in the league. So if he's traded, what teams are out there? I've seen a couple floated. One of them was that the Cubs would be in on this. As a Cub fan myself, love Mike Trout. No, no, thank you. I don't see a fit with the Cubs just because the Cubs have so many outfielders right now at the major league level and at the triple A level. Well, you would be trading from that depth to get them. What I saw was Canario, Owen Casey, and a pitching prospect. I don't think that's all that terrible of an offer. I think the Cubs have Ian right now. If you're going to look at the next three years, Cubs have Ian Happ, PCA and Suzuki in the outfield mm-hmm. to just give up Canario and Casey and for one of Mike. your top pitchers as and one of your top pitchers. Yep. And those, those guys tear an elbow every other year. Um, I don't think that's a terrible thing for Mike Trout. If you, you know that Mike Trout's a little delicate and you know, you have to DH him some, but when's the last time, when's that? When's imagine Mike Trout with protection. The last Mike, time he no, played a full season, though, was in 2018. Right. But so he Otani came to the league, stunk his first year, was injured. Now he's injured again. You 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 take the risk with the, with the injury, of course, and and being older. So Mike Trout, you're not going to get you're not going to get Mike Trout of the 2010s. He doesn't have those. He's no. not young anymore to have those wheels. But what Mike Trout has always had is hit for average and power. And I think by that having that hit for average, that protects you a little bit at a level. So if he drops an average a little bit, he's still hitting 300. The dude constantly hits 320, 330. He hit 283 last year, 263 this year, 333 two years ago in 36 games. The last time he hit over 300 in a full season was back in 2018. Right. so again, His last full healthy year. In 2019, he played 134 games and hit 291. So we can call – and that's the year he won his last MVP. He had a hell of a year slugging, and he hit 45 bombs. I just don't think he's that guy anymore. Sorry, I'm not paying seven million, oh, no, seven years, sure. 200 – it's seven years, 245 million with a contract and giving up three of your top 15 prospects. I just don't – I can't do that as a Cubs fan. Now, some teams that do make sense, I saw the Diamondbacks. Uh, that would be an interesting team. They've got a lot of uh, depth and talent to to move from. 
the Padres, they always seem to be in on the big names. If you're always. not if you're not going to re-sign Juan Soto at the end of next year, or do they go all in? You've got Tatis, you've got Bogarts, you've got Machado, Soto, and all those pitchers. The Mets? Imagine that. That's an outfield of Soto, Trout, and Tatis. Mm-hmm. That's sick. Yeah. That's it's sick. ridiculous. As long as they're healthy. Expensive. 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 And an expensive losing team. <laughs> Another team, the Mets, have been tossed out there. I just don't see them buying right now. Um, no, bad timing for them. And then the other one, which actually makes a little bit more sense, and I think probably is the best fit of them all, the Phillies. He's from Philly. He grew up a Philly fan, I believe. Playing with Bryce Harper. Can you imagine Harper and Trout in the same lineup? You never imagined that. You always thought it was always Harper and Bryant because they grew up friends. Right. And Harper and Trout came up at the same time. And it was kind of like, who's better, Harper or Trout? Harper or Trout Mm -hmm. the first couple of years. And clearly, over the long run, it's been Trout. But I'd say over the last three to five years, I might rather have Bryce Harper. Me too. So Bryce Harper is almost a a little underrated, if you could say healthy. Bryce Harper, I mean, destroys right now. Mm -hmm. So is there another team that we're missing? I don't see him going to a team in the division. I saw someone list the Texas Rangers. I don't see the Rangers making that move. They've already got Seager. They've got Simeon. They've got a lot of other pitchers like DeGrom on the books. Unless they're going for it for like a win now, but that's not even a, a next year. You don't even know if you have DeGrom, right? He's not coming back. What about the obvious New York Yankees? See, what What do the Yankees have other than Dominguez? That to offer? To offer. Like, I don't know the farm system that well, but I know that they weren't a top five, top ten system, I don't believe. If the Yankees wanted him, they would throw enough prospects at it to make it worth. But are we looking at just see again? Because be... the Angels could look at quality over quant- quantity over quality. Well, the Angels aren't the, ba- the best. At well, they they just got rid of half their damn farm system regarding at least their better prospects at the trade deadline. They're going to pick up one guy for Otani when he leaves in the offseason because they'll give him the qualifying offer, and he's totally going to decline it because why would he accept it? His value is going to be possibly two or three times what the qualifying offer is going to be. Two for sure. For sure, two. Possibly sure. three, depending on where the two, qualifying offer. Two off- to three, yeah. yeah. If the qualifying offer comes out at $20 million, I could say he's worth 60 a year for the next five years if he's a pitcher. Right when he comes back, I'd, I would have said that until his UCL injury. Yeah, but so, they haven't said that he's doing Tommy John or not. So. Right, um, and if he does, he'll still hit next year. So there's Judge was forty million, so that's twice at least. And then if you get him for additional years as a pitcher, his value is way higher than that. Should the Angels trade Trout? Yes. Will they? This organization continues to make bad move after bad move. Rendon, Pujols. Not trading Otani. What pitchers have they gotten that have worked out? C.J. Wilson was trash. Yeah. Josh Hamilton, when he went to Anaheim at the time. The last set of pitchers I can remember was Jared Weaver and John Lackey. Yeah, and that was back in the early 2000s. They won the World Series in, what, 02? And that was the Lackey's rookie year? 
The was the White Sox. Oh, White Sox were five. Yeah, it was 02. It was White Sox was 05. Yeah, it was 2002 yes. versus the Giants, and then Dusty came from the Giants to 03, from Giants to the Cubs. Just Mike Trout. Yeah. I I just don't. I'm not trading from as a Cubs fan. I'm not. I, the system's too good. I know not every prospect's going to pan out, but I'd rather put my chips on the younger guys who at least have youth on their side. I'm not paying Trout until he's 38 to potentially miss half the season. He's done that in three of the last four years. So he does have that chronic back issue too. Correct. That they came out with what, two years ago and said, he's going to have to deal with this the rest of his career. Right. If it wasn't for that, I would want him more, but that scares me from, because you see what, like Steven Strasburg has a completely different injury of thoracic uh, syndrome and everything. And outlet syndrome. That's yeah. That's something completely different, but, we saw what a back does to Anthony Rizzo. We saw what a back does to Brennan Davis. We've seen what a back does to Clayton Kershaw. Yeah. The back's pretty important in uh, throwing, twisting sport. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, the back is really important. Um, I'm a little distracted here. Abreu still has a no-hitter here into the eighth versus the Athletics. Again, that is Abreu on the Astros. Um, dealing. Dude is dealing. Um going to be interested oh no it's a combined no hitter excuse me so yes. hunter brown went five innings montero naris and then abreu i was like i didn't think abreu started so a combined no hitter here through the eighth uh two outs in the eighth so that'll be something to keep an eye on going forward that would be the first complete uh like combined no hitter this year i believe right they haven't we haven't had those yet this year have we I think we have. Didn't the the Cubs didn't throw one, didn't they? No, Combined no hitter. That was in twenty twenty one. Okay, <laughs> a long time like we've ago. Had a com- we've had a combined no hitter this year. The Yankees get yes. It. No, we have. It might have. It, it might have been the Astros. Was it? Framber Framber started it. Came out. Framber threw a no hitter earlier. I remember making a post about a combined no no. It was a maybe it was the Brewers. Uh, it may have been the Brewers. I don't know. Let's move on. Uh, the other big news, <laughs> of course, outside of the Trout thing, and I think the Trout thing probably still is the biggest news because it's the best player in the game outside of Shohei Otani. But Max Scherzer, uh, of course, if you haven't heard the news, sorry, Trey, um, done for the season. Uh, Detroit did it. Detroit did it earlier this year versus the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, Matt Manning, that's who it was. So... And that would that was only there's only been four this year total. Uh, so going backwards, uh, sorry. So Max Scherzer, uh, the big news, he's out for the season. Um, he's got uh, a low grade strain of his teres major muscle, which is in his upper arm. Uh, he he came out of the game yesterday, I believe, with triceps discomfort. Uh, says he is unlikely to pitch in the playoffs if they make it there. Huge blow. He was the biggest move of the deadline outside of Verlander, and I'd say he's probably the biggest because he was the first one to go, and it was kind of the sign that the Mets were saying, all right, we are done. What does this do yep. to the Rangers' playoff hopes? It's the nail in the coffin. think so. Uh, Jordan Montgomery is – I mean, Dane Dunning did come out and, and get a win on Tuesday night, um, or maybe it was Monday night. Um, so, but the – the Rangers could maybe make the wild card, but I don't think now they have the pitching depth. Max Sergio is supposed to be that leader. Mm-hmm. That, that makes, so he's still in the clubhouse, but that's still they need him to be that number one to shove 
Um, but the other the other teams have better pitching. The Mariners have better pitching. The Astros have better pitching. The Twins might have better pitching. Twins might have the best pitching in the entire AL, to be honest. We got who, who's with the Twins? Sonny Gray, Ryan, uh, Pablo, Pablo Lopez, Joe Ryan. Yeah, and uh, uh, Obear. Bailey Obear. Mm-hmm. So that's a there's pretty, four right there. Under a little quiet, quietly sneaking up. Probably the Twins are quietly sneaking up. Uh, right now, though, as we talk, the Rangers have won two in a row over Toronto, and they are currently destroying Toronto ten to nothing right now in the top of the ninth. So let's include that in a win. So that means they're going to improve at eighty-one and sixty-four. They're going to have a game and a half lead over Toronto. Still a lot of baseball to play. But I believe that'll give them the tiebreaker as well. And they have a four-game series, so they play tomorrow versus Toronto. Um, it's going to be tough. Uh, it just seems like I believe five out of their six All-Stars are done or have been lost for injury. They just lost Adelise Garcia with a knee injury as well. So rough, rough. Well, hard, hard to be a Texas fan right now because it just seems like the team's just falling apart. He lost to ground. Oh, there goes the topper to my Remus. Uh, I keep messing around. Um, yeah, so the Texas Rangers lose him. Well, that's a huge blow. Their pitching staff was decimated after Jacob Degrom. Uvalde has missed some time with arm injury. Uh, was it, it was an arm issue, wasn't it? Was it a forearm strain with Uvalde? He's lost Seager for extended period of time. This, uh, the only all-star I think that hasn't gotten hurt this year has been Marcus Simeon. Yeah, right. He has not gotten hurt. Corey Seager started the year hurt, but has, has been an MVP yeah. since then. Well, he got hurt a couple months ago, a couple weeks ago as well. He was out for two or three weeks. Uh, Jonah Heim broke his thumb, or that was Josh Jung broke his thumb, wasn't it? Josh Jung. And then I think Heim had a hand injury, hand injury as well because he hasn't been switch hitting, I believe. Um, so all sorts of issues for Texas. You think it's the nail in the coffin. It's going to be close. They're going to have the upper hand on Toronto when it comes to the placement and the standings. They've won four in a row. So despite all of this, they've surged after a couple of weeks of terrible baseball. Terrible, terrible, terrible baseball. But uh, I, I think their their shot at the division has kind of gone. Even though they're only uh, a game behind Houston, I think their shot at the division. I think that's the nail in the coffin in the division. But they still have a chance at the wild card. But I'm probably going to tell all your Rangers fans, sorry, Trey, I think it's also they're done. You have Corey Seager written down. Um, the fact that he got his 1,000th hit, is that it? Yes, and that he's just in the MVP conversation. I don't think it's with Otani being down. Corey Seager's hitting 340 right now. That I don't think that gets to talk when Luis Arias is hitting 350. And like, oh, mm-hmm. he's got he's hitting for such high average. Corey Seager's hitting 340, 30 home runs with a 1.055 OPS. Oh, I he's... know people keep saying that Otani's a lock, but I think it's a deeper conversation or closer closer competition it depends if otani's out the rest of the year then i think we've got talk but otani still got him by 14 home runs he's still got him by 23 rbis he's still got him by six rbis 23 runs 
He's got him by 18 stolen bases. He's got a higher walk percentage than Corey Seager and a higher on-base percentage than Corey Seager and just about the same slugging. And remember, Otani's done it in 34 more games than Seager has. That's what I was about to say. 34 more. So a month's worth, a month and a half probably in baseball terms. Yes. Um, And still, although he hasn't played in what, a week and a half, Otani? A 6.6 war to Seager's 5.9, and that's only hitting. That doesn't include his pitching statistics earlier this year, and that's why I'd say it's Shohei's no matter what. And also, I'm not giving it to a guy in Seager who at the end of the year is probably only going to be playing 75% of his team's games, Um, and I'm assuming Shohei's still going to play probably 140 to 145, depending on when he comes back, and he's going to lead that league in home runs because the next in the AL in home runs is... All the way down to Ro- Ro- Luis Robert at 35, and Otani's got 44. So I think it's Shohei's, but no knock against Corey Seager, who's had a fantastic year, like you mentioned, batting 341. That's good for the second best in baseball. But again, Arise has done it in 138 games, and Seager's done it in only 101. But you can't take that away from him. Uh, you'd right. love to you seen... wonder what Seager's numbers would look like. I, I think Seager could have been fighting for triple crown if he was here the whole season. Potentially, for sure. If he if you if he extrapolated it through the entire season at his this rate, obviously you're saying that he doesn't go on a month long slump like Arise has. Um but still very impressive. Home runs would be close. The average the average is fantastic. The oh, RBIs sure. are right there with Otani, but the I think Otani would still have him in home runs. <laughs> 14 is a big number for a month and a half. Yes. Uh, you'd have to go on a Kyle Schwarber, Sammy Sosa, Trey Turner kind of run, home run-wise. Um, so let's stick in that division. Um, actually, real quick, let's go over the standings as of this recording right now. So at 9.30 on September the 13th, standings are as such. Over on the AL, uh, really – there's two divisions up for grabs, really, I think, in all of baseball. And it's the AL East and the AL West. The AL West, of course, is the closest one. Texas and Seattle, both a game back of Houston as of this play. But if Houston wins, they'll be a game and a half up on Seattle. And they will have a game up on the Texas Rangers. Minnesota, I think we're going to crown them the AL Central champions. They're seven and a half up on Cleveland with what? 16 games to play they're gonna have to go like two and 14 to lose that division especially with the way cleveland's been playing so i'm going to say al centrals minnesota and baltimore baltimore tampa bay that's gonna be close that's gonna be real close they play each other this weekend Ooh, that'll be great that's gonna be some great baseball to watch yeah baltimore lost today to the cardinals so they only lead the tampa bay rays i believe by a game and a half a game, uh, two games. They are two ninety-one games. and fifty-four, uh, and then Tampa is ninety and fifty-seven. So a two-game lead. If Tampa sweeps, it is in Baltimore. But if Tampa were to get the sweep, they'd all of a sudden be in first place. Can you imagine that? In first place, Tampa Bay Rays. Where three or four weeks ago we were saying they were done. They were not even going to make the playoffs. That was that Wander Franco news. That was their starting pitcher. Um, uh, uh, which one? Shane McClanahan. Shane McClanahan Ru- yeah, Rasmussen, which one? Shane McClanahan. Everybody, everybody's hurt. Yep. So 
I, I, the best division race is going to be between that and the AL West, but I'm going to say AL West just because it's three teams all for it rather than the AL East, which is just the two teams in Toronto is Toronto's in third place in that division, 80 and 66. I'm going to say 80 and 67 because they're going to lose tonight, but they are 11 and a half games back and they are 14 games over 500 and 11 and a half games back. You can kind of say the same thing about the Phillies. As we just said, the Atlanta Braves clinch 96-50. and 50. They take three out of four versus the Phillies. The Phillies in second in that division, 79-67. and 67. They're 17 games back. 17 games back in second place. How insane the Braves have been. And first in the wild card. <laughs> mm-hmm. First in the wild card in the NL. And then the Miami Marlins are in third in that division. They've got a shot at beating the Brewers tonight. They're up two to nothing in the bottom of the seventh. I'm also going to say the Brewers probably going to win that NL Central. As a Cubs fan, yeah, uh, I just don't think it's going to happen. And then the Dodgers, of course, they're going to run away with the NL West. The elimination number for the Diamondbacks is already five, and we are a couple weeks away from the end of the season. So, Dodgers, Brewers, Atlanta. Now, the Cubs and Brewers still do play, though, to end of the year. So if the Cubs can keep it close, it could be fun last series. Oh, it definitely could be a fun last series. But they play the Braves before the Brewers. And who knows where we're Let's just take it day by day, series by series. But in that wild card, um, I put a poll out on our Twitter account and our Instagram account. I think the Twitter account was a little biased towards the Reds. It said the Reds. I, I put the the, uh, the poll was who will get the final NL wild card spot because I'm locking right. in the Phillies and I think the Cubs will ultimately get that. Maybe I just put the kibosh on them. Maybe I just put the whammy on them. But the way it lines up, I have faith, faith that the Cubs will get that second spot. And I'll ask you a question about the Cubs here in a second. But between the Diamondbacks, the Marlins, the Giants, and the Reds, on Twitter it was 56% the Reds, but on Instagram it was 58% the Diamondbacks, and there were more votes on Instagram. I think the Diamondbacks probably pull it out. We saw them in person the other day. Very good team. They played well. Yeah, even with uh, uh, Tommy Pham was doing well. Uh, Haven Smith. Who's, who has been struggling with still getting base hits for him. They cool. have some guys who can surprise you. Mm-hmm. The Reds did just beat the Tigers. So with that, and the fact that I believe the Diamondbacks were down to the Mets, uh, the Mets are up 7-1 in the bottom of the eighth. So it looks like the Reds will likely come into a tie with the Diamondbacks for that final wild card spot. Actually, they're going to jump them. They're a half game back of the Diamondbacks coming in. Oh, no, 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 no. My bad. They already updated this. So they will be tied at 76 and 71. San Fran will be a game back. And then the Marlins will be uh, also a half game back. So that's going to be a tight NL wild card. That continues to look like the best race out of anything outside of the AL West. Uh, the NL wild card in the AL West. So the AL West, the Mariners got two out of three versus LA. The Astros, the issue here is they lost the first two to Oakland. They are going to salvage this final game, but. Or is it a four-game series this weekend or this week? Today's Wednesday. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure on that either. I feel like they were playing three games, but I could totally be wrong on this, uh, as it does look like the Astros tomorrow's versus the Royals and Astros. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the Astros. I think it four versus the Royals. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. Friday they have Friday. Off. Astros are off Thursday. Okay, so 
Yep. And the Athletics host the Padres. So huge kind of series loss for the Astros. They had a chance yeah. to just run away this week by taking three of three versus Oakland, but Oakland kind of playing the pesky, pesky Oakland's here. Um, and they are currently about to lose. That would, I believe, be their 100th loss for Oakland. Ooh, that should have been a strike. Uh, but moving on, let's talk about the Cubs. Um, a lot of news behind the Cubs. We're going to be a little more Cubs-centric here for the next five to ten minutes because we're Cubs fans. But uh, big news was PCA got called up on Mr. Monday. Uh, number, uh, number 12 overall prospect in all of baseball, not in the Cubs all system. Of baseball, all of baseball. We're not just hyping up PCA here because he's the Cubs number one. He is a top 15, top 12 MLB prospect overall. Uh-huh. And uh he came up and made two amazing plays in the outfield on Tuesday night, but then and he made him look easy. Made him look easy, but he also l- made a mistake that led to an I believe a run earlier today um in that game where they lost to the Rockies. So that's the been the big hype. He's got two starts in a row. He started against the lefty and the Astros just gave up a hit. So the no-hitter oh. ends at Eight and one third of an inning, so no combined no no, as it Is looks that like. Off? Uh, was it Noda who just got the base hit? Yep, Noda. Yep. So Ryan Noda off of Presley. Uh, they brought their closer in to get the no hitter. What do you think of that? They off tomorrow. True, but what do you think That's of it? I don't know when the last time he pitched was either, but it's an interesting. It was an interesting move. But going back to the Cubs. So the Cubs, they call up PCA. I do think he's going to be a great role player, and this is going to give him some experience. I think this is more of not just a move for this year, but a move for next year as well because he's likely now, in my mind, to start the season in the majors next year because that gives them the potential to get him rookie of the year. And if he finishes in the top three in MVP voting before his arbitration years or – after his full yep. contract, they also get the potential of a draft pick. So big moves there. I think it gives them uh, a spark off the bench, potentially. A left-handed, fast hitter with some contact and a guy who can go get it in the outfield. Uh, from what we've seen in the first two first two games, or uh, it was weird because they said he's going to be activated Tuesday, and then you saw him pinch running on Monday. So that was a little weird. Jeff Passan said he was going to be activated Tuesday. The Cubs never said anything. That was just Passan's report. But he got okay. called up on Monday um, and made his debut. Got a pinch hit. Uh, not a pinch hit. He pinch ran, then fielded, and then he got a sack bunt down, I think, to win the game, yes. help win the game on Monday. Uh, so, And a second hit for the Oakland Athletics, and they score a run. So the A's might mount a comeback. Who knows? One out here in yeah. the ninth. I doubt it. Six to one. So on top of that, Marcus Stroman threw a bullpen, I believe, yesterday or Monday. Uh, I don't remember what day it was, but there's potential talk that he could be back. We both talked about it this past weekend in person, but we thought maybe more of a relief role. But he might be on a starter's pet. That's back-to-back bullpens and simulated games. So even if you're getting three, four, five outs, Three, four, five innings out of him, and then going to a different arm, maybe that's a Jamison Tyon or a Javier Assad who have not looked good in the last two games in the series. I don't think you're taking Wicks out of that rotation. You're probably taking one of the other two if he comes back. Or do you bullpen him 
as like a piggyback guy. Yeah, I think he's. I don't think he has time to build up his innings to then come in and be as a starter. He can easily be, excuse me, an opener where he goes three innings, maybe four at the most, but he doesn't have the time to build up to be a five, six, six, even six. I was going to say seven, but um, yeah. but that's still value. I think you might see a better mark, a, a, a good Marcus Stroman then because he doesn't have to f- save some juice for later in the game. He can mm-hmm. throw it all out there. I have Hayden Wisniewski come in after him. Drew Javier Saad hasn't been going longer. Yeah, Drew Smiley. Javier Saad got pulled last night, what, in the fourth inning, 1-0 game? No, he had Did- given up multiple hits in hard contact and walks. He, he walked the bases loaded. So, yeah. But he- still, he only had one earned run at that point. And then the bullpen fought all game. Yeah. Uh I don't know. I think he probably moved Assad. He did give you eight innings, but since then in Cincinnati, he went five and two thirds versus the um, Diamondbacks on Thursday, and then only three plus versus the Rockies yesterday. Um, so the last game that Stroman pitched was versus Cincinnati on July thirty first. Um, so he would definitely need some time to ramp up. I do think you're going to get two or three solid innings out of him when he comes back. I do think he was dealing with injuries in the month of July because before that he was the best pitcher for the Cubs. And that's saying something because Justin Steele is right now the odds-on favorite to win the NL Cy Young. Right. I, I even got notifications from MLB.com that there's a new favorite for the NL Cy Young mm-hmm. I today. Just, and that, so that's not arc bias here. <laughs> no. Uh, 14 MLB. votes. MLB.com posting it. I think it was 14 votes to 10 votes or 14 to 13 between him and Blake Snell. But I think it's the first time this year it said it wasn't Zach Gallen voted by baseball writers. So Justin Steele. Zach Gallen got blown up tonight mm-hmm. for at least four runs, maybe more. Possibly more as the Mets are likely to win that game. So the Cubs, uh, I think they're going to sneak it out. A rough week here in Colorado. They do go to that Arizona team. Um, they struggle it's in Arizona. Easy. They struggle. Hey, it's not easy to play in Colorado. I don't care what that team is. Colorado is a different animal when it comes to playing. And think about this. The Cubs are finishing a 14 games in 13 days stretch. Stretch. Yep. Their pitching has Absolutely. been decimated. They've dealt with some nagging injuries here or there. And sometimes you just lose games. I'm not too worried. I'm going to call out my coworker who's freaking out. He's probably the worst Cubs fan I've ever met. Like every every day it's either this team's the greatest in the world or this team's terrible. And today it was, this team reminds me of the 2018 team that folded down the stretch. One, that team led the division. Two, that team had expectations. This team, did we expect them in the playoffs this year? You called them as a wild card team, but even I don't know if you believed it when you'd said it. Because I have to say it. You have to right. say it, though, as a Cubs fan. We're going to win it all. This is the year. We're, we're, we're back to that. This is the year that we turn it around. This is that 2015 team in my mind, right? This is that year ahead of time. Not expecting it to be the year that they make a run. They're not going to win 97 games. I was about to say, that 2015 team was pretty underrated. We say that was a turnaround year, but that 2015 won 97 games. That's. But did no, anybody pick them to win 97 games that year? Oh, absolutely not. Right. Nobody picked them to win 84, 85, 86 games this year. They're probably going to end up at 86 and 76. 
right? 10 games above Something 500. Crap. That's where they're at right now. 86 and 76. I'd take that. They were 74 and what was it? 88 last year? 74 and 88? That'd be a... Who does, the, who does the second team play in the wild card? So that's my question for you. I'm going to ask you, would you rather be the five seed or the six seed if you're the Cubs? So in, the six seed will play the third place division leader. The Brewers. Which would be the Brewers. Or you play the Phillies if you're the second seed. Mm-hmm. And I see, I don't care if you're even the four seed and you have to play the Phillies. I don't want to I don't want to be the four or the five seed. I want to be that six seed. You know why? And hear me out, Cubs fans, and hear me out anybody. I want the six seed or the three seed. We're not going to get the three seed because I'm already telling you that that ship has sailed on the division. Four and a half games back is going to be a lot tougher to catch. Probably going to be four games back after tonight. But either way, you're going to have to sweep Milwaukee in Milwaukee after playing the Braves for three games on the road. Hard to do. Set my sails on the division looking at the wild card. You play the six seed, you've got three home games in Milwaukee. Let's be honest. Going to Milwaukee it's, in the playoffs? Wrigley Field South. South? I think you need to relocate I'm sorry, compass. yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking Tur- Turner Field used to be Wrigley Field South. So Wrigley North is the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, also, the winner of that series plays the Dodgers. The winner of the 4-5 series plays the Braves. Do you want to place Ooh. the Braves? I don't think I want to face in, the Braves. I, I want to face the I Braves in the NLCS. I want to face the Braves... Exactly. I want to play the Braves any sooner than I have to. Because the Braves will be rested and they're going to be able to set their rotation any way they want for the first series. That may not be the case for their second series. But if you get to play the Dodgers, I'm not I'm not trying to shit on the Dodgers here. I'm just saying I'd rather play the Dodgers than the Braves. So, perfect scenario in my mind. If you're not going to win the NL Central, you finish final wildcard spot. You sneak in. I know it's going to give us a heart attack because we're going to be like, is are they going to make it? I don't know. But then you've got a much better chance at winning. I would put my money on the Cubs beating the Brewers more than the Cubs beating the Phillies. That's my yes, I, I'm more comfortable with that. The Phillies have better bats. The Brewers might have a better rotation, right. but they don't have the offense that the Phillies do. No, and I'd take Justin Steele and Kyle Hendricks in two games. They oh, just did it to the Brewers now, a couple weeks ago. Now, now I'm getting itchy. Now you said Steele, Hendricks. Mm-hmm. Hendricks, And the who knows? You man. get Stroman. That's three weeks away. Stroman could give you three, four, even five solid innings potentially. And, and then, then Wicks you, piggyback on a game three. Matchups right there, right? Like if you get into a jam and you just – like what they did with John Lester and Kyle Hendricks in game seven of the World Series. But that's too far down the road. We so still that's got – That's a good point, though, of Stroman. Do you feel good about pitching tally- – Tie on in a playoff game. Starting. Out of, out of, no, not starting. Or right. you, so you, I think maybe three, he came. went three good innings today and then the wheels fell off. Part of that was an error. Uh, PCA made a play that he, sh- he it, in my mind, it's an error as an outfielder. He didn't make an error, but he didn't catch it. He lost it in the sun. He should have caught it. Either way, um, I would be okay with Tie on in a three inning spurt right right i think that's how they have a lot of starters right so maybe even tyone wicks and then stroman so i i think it would be great to do steel Hendricks, and then let stroman or wicks and piggyback on each other mm-hmm. and that's a solid three right if you combine those two right there. right 
and we can talk that as we get closer. Well, that's lefty righty. Um, yeah, oh, lefty righty. Play the matchups and all of that. One more thing I have on the Cubs. Uh, we were at the game, and there was a wedding. <laughs> One of the more ridiculous things I've ever seen uh, at Wrigley Field. And it wasn't just like a. Do I you do, take I them? do, I do, no. I do. No, I thought we were going to get communion in the damn stands. <laughs> <laughs> that was what 25, 30 minute mess. It was at least twenty minutes. Yeah, at least twenty minutes. They had bridesmaids in red dresses. They had the groomsmen, I think, in Cubs jerseys. Oh my goodness! It, it I was... I couldn't believe. Like every time I look back over into to the to our right, which it was right there in the next section over. I was like, oh my gosh, it's still going on. The, they had a, a, a priest in a full gown Le- and everything. Legit robes. Legit yes. clergy. Like, they say Wrigley is a cathedral. I mean, I guess it is, but eh, maybe not during a baseball game. To... Yeah, that, w- that was saying, I don't care about the rest of you in here. I'm doing my thing. I don't care if you're here to watch a baseball game. Yeah, I, I've heard that there's a lot of meaning to it uh, on Facebook through the girl, um, whatever. Okay, rent it out. I'm sorry. I'm there to play, watch a baseball game, and for those inning and a half, I've paid more attention to the damn wedding than I did to the game because a lot of people were shouting things at the wedding, and that's where the attention was diverted to. So that's my soapbox. I'm going to get off it. Congratulations to him and her. That's a beautiful place to get married. Maybe not. Yeah. Uh, they so. did lose, though. Is that a bad omen that the Cubs lost on your wedding at Wrigley? It's like rain on your wedding day. Uh, <laughs> well, that's good luck, isn't it? Rain yeah, on your wedding that, is good luck. That's, that's what they say. Um, I don't know. Maybe secretly they're Diamondbacks fans. I don't know. So another thing to talk about real quick, Matt Olson doing something that has never been done before. Well, I guess technically it's really? been done before once, um, but it he's likely to break it. He's got 51 home runs. That ties the Atlanta Braves franchise for most home runs ever. Do you know who it ties them with? Henry Aaron. Wrong. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Andrew Jones. That's what I was going to ask that. No, you only get one guess. You already had trivia earlier, Michael. Come on. But uh, so <laughs> Matt Olson making some waves there. 51 home runs. He's had a great series versus the Phillies. And then. So is he tied with Andrew? Yeah, 51. Both of them have 51 okay. home runs. So uh, moving on, let's talk about the, the New York team. So big news New York Yankees, Jason Dominguez uh, out. He tore, U- tore UCL. He's going to need Tommy John surgery. You mentioned it, though. It doesn't hurt next year totally. Right. It just, I think, could affect his power. Like, we saw Bryce Harper came back in May, and Bryce Harper was not Bryce Harper until August, I'd say, which Bryce Harper is Mr. August. The dude goes off in August. Every year he goes off in August. But Bryce Harper did not have the power. I mean, the dude only had, like, seven home runs may june and july over all, all together do you think part of that was just the phillies because trey turner really didn't turn it on until august either so you think something was in the water there in philadelphia in the dugout as in no you're saying that's why it was just the phillies all together yeah uh, i mean they no i think bryce harper i think he rocked because he had that giant thing he had to wear mm-hmm. a giant elbow brace that he had to wear. So Harper had it in 
around Thanksgiving last year, and he came back in early May. Early May. And then Trevor Story had it in March. Right? Oh, did he have it in March? I thought of it was, the, uh, it was, of this it was year? spring training. I believe so. Okay, that's not, yeah, that sounds right. Um, he came back July. August 8th is when he came back. August 8th. And he has been hot garbage. He's batting 185 with one home run at 221 yeah. OBP. So, yeah, maybe he rushed it. Here's my thought. You don't rush him back. You hopefully get him back. Because he's having the surgery now, right? So that's two months ahead of where Harper was. Right. So if you bring him back almost the same time Harper came from, think of where Harper was two months after he came back. Mid-July. Heating up. Heating up. So maybe you slow. He's also younger by, what, 10 years than Harper? Eight years? <laughs> yeah. And that, 30, 31 to... 21, 20 21, years old. Yeah, 21 years old. He just turned 21, I think. So Your body heals a little better at 21. A little better. You. A little better. I would still say wait till May 1st. Maybe let him not try to rush back. And then you don't put pressure on him either, right? You put pressure on him by putting him in the everyday lineup to try to consistently perform. Because um, you're going to need him next year if you're a Yankee fan. And, and those yes. Yankees, I mean, you got John Carlos Stanton towards the back end of his contract, who has not been great. Hopefully you've got Judge healthy. Outside of that, who do you have in the outfield? Because Stan's not even playing the outfield anymore. He's de-aging. So no, you got rid no, of Bader. You know who they have in the outfield? Who they who they would dream of in center field? Cody Bellinger. Yes. But I don't think the Cubs he, are going to let him fits. walk. Oh, he fits. he fits perfectly in New York. His dad played for the Yankees. They wanted him at the deadline. I just, oh. I don't think Jed Hoyer's going to let Bellinger get away. Honestly, I'd Gosh. rather pay Bellinger. I, I love years. to hear you say that. I love to hear you say that. Honestly, I would give Bellinger that seven-year, two hundred forty-five million dollar contract that Trout has right now. Mm-hmm. I would give that to Bellinger over Trout if, if the, all things were similar, because Bellinger can give you multiple positions, left-handed batter. Leadership, not that Trout doesn't give you leadership, but yeah, that's again a conversation for a different day. But I, I don't see Bellinger in a uniform that isn't the Cubs because the Cubs are getting one of two guys, Otani or Bellinger in my mind. And the Otani thing, I think that ship has sailed. Honestly, I don't know if I want Otani anymore. Um, I think it would be great. I would probably buy an Otani jersey. I'm more likely to buy a Bellinger jersey, I think, than an Otani jersey. I was just going to say, Otani or Bellinger, either one of them signed, that's the jersey I'm getting. Exactly. I haven't bought a jersey. I haven't bought a jersey. Uh, I Actually, I bought the jersey behind me, of course. I, I had to get the gold. Yeah. had to get the gold Bryant. And then um, my wife got me another Bryant, the road jersey. So now I need a blue. I need a, a cubby blue. Jersey and a, so whoever a belly twenty four cubby blue alternate jersey looks just perfect right there on the wall. <laughs> you also have a don't you have a KB players jersey? I do have a KB players jersey, so I, I'm just missing the Bryant blue to round out having all of them. Yeah, so how I'm well, this how, is gold, but yeah, same deal. So the other New York team, a um, couple moves. They called up one of their top prospects. Prospect, I believe he was eighty eighth ranked, Ronnie Mar- Marcio. Is that how you say it? Marcio? Uh, he had his first career Marcio. home run. 
And then uh, the Mets have won back-to-back games, I believe, versus the Arizona Diamondbacks this week. So thank you, AZ. Uh, Thank you, New York Mets, excuse me. Um, But the big deal was they signed Milwaukee Brewers president, uh, David Stearns, to kind of run the organization out there in New York. Stearns had been with the Brewers since 2015. And really, if you think about it, 2015 is about the time the Brewers started to turn around. Right, they hadn't done mm. much. Twenty sixteen was the year the Cubs won the World Series, but then seventeen the Brewers started to make some way, and then eighteen was the year that they kind of stormed back with the whole Yelich and Lorenzo Cain deal. I was just about to say, did he trade for Yelich? Yep, he was part of the Yelich Cain um, off season twenty seventeen going into twenty eighteen, and that of course includes Woodruff, Burns, and that whole uh, whole ordeal. So he's the one who's kind of got his footprint and his handprints all over this Milwaukee Brewers team, and if you look at it. Him and Craig Council, really, the two of them together. Right. So, does that mean that Craig Council heads on over to the, to the Mets next year? Because the other rumor is that Buck Showalter may walk away after the end of the season. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't blame Buck. The Mets are not going to be competing next year. I'm sure he. Met, I, I'm sure Buck would get picked up. After well, he was with the Orioles for so long, wasn't he? He, he was, was with the, the Orioles, Orioles for a while. He was with the Yankees for a long time, and then he played, uh, coached the Orioles, and then he's been out for three or four years, and then he came back to coach the Mets or manage the Mets. Here's a, here's a hot take. I think Craig Council ends up as the New York Mets man- manager at the beginning of next year because there it is, folks. Because did you know that he is currently not under contract after this year? I think that's a mistake by the Brewers. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Craig Council has kept them year in and year out in it. But what also though, the Josh Hader trade was that two years ago or last that year? That was last year. That one, that was a clubhouse killer for him. That one, I, I want, I would be interested to see who they netted in that. But, um, the the Mets I think they need this. Re-violation in here. They need to change things up. Mm-hmm. I think the Mets really matted this year. Ronnie Marcio should have been up in June. The dude was destroying the baseball all year. He should have been that guy that kind of tried to spark this team. And instead, they sat on their hands. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a good move that the Mets are going to be resetting to bring somebody else in. To say, here's what you got. You've got you get the chance to deal with Pete Alonzo and decide our future. I don't think Pete Alonzo's in a Mets jersey or uniform next year either. Did you see the no, play that he made the other day, or that he didn't make? Did you see Jeff McNeil's face? I yeah, I saw that caption of where it was. I saw the caption where it was saying that Pete Alonso said he wasn't catching another fly ball. Until I don't know if I believe that necessarily, right. but <laughs> but McNeil um, caught the ball at the first base position in the infield on the line. And Alonso was I don't, covering first I don't base. blame Alonso there because there was a runner on first. So I I don't necessarily blame go him. Go re that. go rewatch the play. It was where he was standing where the ball when the ball oh, was right, hit, but, it's where he was standing. The pitcher's so, job is to cover first base. Your job is to field the play. So the Brewers got Taylor Rogers, Dilson Lament, and Robert Gasser and Esturi Ruiz. And Esturi is on the A's, yes. So 
I don't don't love a trade. No. The Brewers decided to move on from the closer. Tried to sell high on him, and they yeah. got Yep, they got fleeced. Uh, and then the last thing is this Friday, so that'll be tomorrow as this podcast drops, is Roberto Clemente Day, September the 15th. Roberto, one of the greatest of the game, uh, one of the greatest ambassadors of the game, but also the best philanthropist, one of the greatest humans of the game of baseball. Um, you've heard of the Roberto Clemente Award, which is awarded to the best philanthropy um, player in baseball, the most philanthropic, a really prestigious award. I think outside of MVP or Cy Young, I think this is what a player would strive to win because it's not necessarily an on-the-field award. It's an off-the-field award. And it's, just, it's, a, it's a point of pride, right? Roberto Clemente, just the, the stoicness of that name and just like the meaning of winning that award, really, I remember Jason Hayward continuously was nominated, Anthony Rizzo, right? Because of your f- off the field work, um, and it embodies just a human being, not a baseball player, right? I think that's why so many people loved Anthony Rizzo too in in the city of Chicago, is mm-hmm. the dude was cancer survivor, so he was constantly in and out of the hospitals. Um, just doing great community work. Kyle Schwarber does great community work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Roberto Clemente, if you don't know, he played for the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, for 18 years, I believe. He's a Hall of Famer. Um, he was the fourth, first Caribbean and Latin-born player elected into the MLB Hall of Fame in 1973. He died mm-hmm. December 31st uh, in 1972 in a plane crash, and I don't believe they ever found his remains from that plane crash, but... Uh, what an incredible player, uh, Hall of Famer, not just because of what he did off the field, but his on-the-field statistics, um, pretty good. 3,000 hits. Not a whole lot of people who hit 3,000 hits had 240 strike, uh, 240 home runs, excuse me, um, 83 stolen bases. Dude was a stud. If you don't know this already, in right field in Pittsburgh, they call it the Clemente Wall. He played right field. That wall stands 20 feet high in his honor. Did you know that? Why is it 20 feet? 21 feet. Oh, for his number. Oh, no, I didn't know Because he was number 21. Yeah, so it's the Clemente Wall in right field at PNC, and it's 21 feet high in honor of Roberto Clemente. Um, But while he wore 21, that's not what he started his career at. A couple of facts is he started as number 13, I believe, for two years. Um so he's synonymous with the number 21. It's been retired by the Pirates, and that's, I believe, every athlete in the game on Friday is going to be wearing uh, number 21. But, yep. uh, yeah, dude dude was fantastic. He was actually signed by the Brooklyn Dodgers, their AAA team, um, but he uh, was eligible for the annual rookie draft, and the Pirates took him in 1954, so that's how he became a Pirate. So he could have been on the Dodgers. That would have been with Jackie Robinson, I believe. Uh, can you imagine that? Him and Jackie Robinson on the same team? Wow. Yeah. He's the only player in 1956 to ever hit a walk-off inside the park Grand Slam. Walk-off inside the park Grand Slam. He that's did a it. mouthful, right? Yep. There. He did against the Cubs and moving on. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, he's won the Gold Glove Award every year from 1961 until his final season in 1972. So shares the record for the most gold gloves by outfielder with Willie Mays at 12. That just tells you how great of a baseball player he was. So hats off, Roberto Clemente. 
uh, an awesome person, an awesome human, and uh, let's celebrate him. Um, that's one thing the Pirates can celebrate this year. So moving on, that is it on our baseball <laughs> talk this week. We went a lot longer than I anticipated. Uh, thank you for sticking with us. Before we go anywhere, we are going to be talking about our top 10 power rankings brought to you by 10th Mountain Whiskey and Spirit Company. Head on over to 10thwhiskey.com. Use promo code BNB for 10% off your order. Uh, again, that's 10% off anything on their website, whether that's a shirt, hat, glassware, maybe you want to get some bitters that got barrels. Or most importantly, bourbon. Bourbon, whiskey, rye. They've also got gin. Their brandy is award-winning Christmas is coming up, folks. It's September. Get that early bird Christmas gift right here. 10% off your Christmas gifts right here. 10% off there. So go ahead on over to 10thwhiskey.com. Again, promo code is all capital B-N-B. So, Mikey, uh, let's hear some of your top 10 teams. What do you want to go with this week? Um, How about we go with the the bottom five? Okay, so 10 through 6. 10 through 6. At number 10, I've got the Chicago Cubs. Chicago Cubs, number 10. Okay. Number 9, I've got the Seattle Man. (laughs) What's the Pat Hughes? Yeah, oh, where you say number 10, the Chicago Cubs. Cubs, number 10. (laughs) Or are you just trying to be a repeater? I was just repeating the Cubs because they they fell. So. Number nine, the Seattle Mariners. Number eight, the Philadelphia Phillies. The what? Number seven, the Milwaukee Brewers. <laughs> the Philadelphia. <laughs> the Philadelphia. Philadelphia. I had, like as I as I went deep in the Philly, I like kind of lost breath there for a second. Uh, and finally, rounding out here uh, on the podcast, number six, the Houston Astros. Find out where my five through one fall on the full Power Rankings episode on YouTube. And for my top 10, going from 10, we go the Toronto Blue Jays. Number nine, the Seattle Mariners. My Chicago Cubs are in eighth this week. The Philadelphia Phillies in seventh. And at number six, the Milwaukee Brewers. Again, head on over to our YouTube page. That is the exclusive place to find our top 10 power rankings. Brought to you by 10th Mountain Whiskey and Spirit Company. That is YouTube.com at Barrels and Barrels Pod. And don't forget to go subscribe, like to our uh, our pages, whether that's Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, or our Bourbon YouTube page, which you can find at youtube.com slash at BNB Bourbon. Uh, that is it for this week's podcast. We've got more down the pike. We've got an interview with 10 Mountain Whiskey that I still have to uh, edit. That'll be coming here soon. This upcoming week, look for the first and only review of Gentleman's Cut Bourbon whiskey from Steph Curry. If you haven't seen that out yet, that comes from Boone County Distilling Company. Uh, That is going to be the first review on YouTube from that whiskey. So you'll hear our thoughts on Steph Curry's bourbon. We've also got Ben Holiday. We've got more Tenth Mountain to talk about. We've also got uh, what what other stuff did I give you? You've got like six or seven samples. We've got another Thirteenth County. We've got Blood Oath coming. Blood Oath Nine. Whenever you get that in the mail, and uh, we'll see that in a month. Uh, (laughs) But USPS is pretty slow. USPS is pretty (laughs) slow. Michael's even slower. (laughs) Uh, What else? We've got more Thirteenth County coming up. yeah, all bunch of cool stuff. And this some week, Nashville Barrel Company, Nashville stuff Barrel Company. And this weekend, I'm sure I'm going to grab a couple more bottles uh, at Kentucky Bourbon Fest. So go check us out at 
Barrels and Barrels Pod on YouTube at Bourbon uh, or at BNB Bourbon on YouTube as well. Don't forget, if you're a fan of baseball, you've made it this far on the podcast. I hope you are. And if you've ever wanted to know your statistics, uh, what it looks like at the game, go check out Momento, the Momento Live Sports Scrapbook. Use promo code Bourbon Baseball, all lowercase, to get early access to the beta testing of this app. So this will tell you how many games you've seen in what stadium, how many times you've seen X team, and what their record is down the road. And then down the road, it's even going to tell you, hey, in games that I've been at, Cody Bellinger is 15 for 100 or 5 for 3. Not five. He's hit five home runs. Yeah, five home runs. He's hit a home run every time. Right. So that's something cool that we give you early access to. All thanks to our friends at Momento. That is AC Momento. Momento Live Sports Scrapbook. Again, use that promo code. Bourbon Baseball. I am Brandon. That is Michael. We talk high proof, high heat. This is Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. The Jackie Robinson episode. Jackie Robinson, Roberto Clemente, full circle. Two of the greats of our game two of the best of our game and we paid homage to both of them in one episode which i don't think we were ever thinking we were going to but it just so happened to line up that they both came together today you can find us on spotify apple amazon as well as google and iheart radio podcasts don't forget to rate us and review us you leave that review we'll shout you out here on the podcast let us know your thoughts what you think about our podcast and uh all of that as we say that, the Marlins just beat the Brewers to end the day today. As we end the oh. podcast, I am Brandon. That is Michael Burns. Michael Burns, any final thoughts or words for our friends, family, and listeners? Just two words, Brandon. Let's go. Let's go.